For his name is powerful, his name is glorious, yes. There is no God, there is no God, there is no God like our God. There is no God like our God. For his name is powerful, his name is glorious, yeah, there is no God quite like our God. Stolen from me, I 
What a blessing. Come on, let's thank God for them one more time. Amen. No, we can do better than that. Thank God for our spirit of excellence. What a blessing. I believe we men, we need a coach or something. So I can just see me and Dickin Brown. Trying to dance before the Lord. And we might allow Dickie Willie Jackson. He have to audition for too. Amen. Aren't you all glad that we have all these gifts in the house? To God be the glory. They said, I am anointed and I am appointed. That's a double portion of blessing. We thank God for that. Glad to see every one of us in the house of the Lord. It's time for us to honor God with our giving. Amen. Let me encourage you to always be encouraged by the word of the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18 says, I'm the Lord that God will give you power to get wealth. And then he told you why. He said, so that he may establish his covenant. His covenant with you. And the covenant is very simple. As long as the earth remains, There'll be seed time and there'll be harvest. So you can covenant with God and your part is to provide and sow seeds. And God's part, he will give you the seed you're going to sow and he will also give you the harvest. How can you lose? So covenant being you enter into a contract with God. So let me encourage you to do that. He doesn't want to bless you so you can pocket all the seed. That means you breach the contract already. He wants to be able to trust you that when he bless you, 
you in turn will return at least 10% of those blessings. All minds clear? Please don't forget our efforts to build a place for young people. Our vision is very clear in this church. When you hear the name Zion Hill, we're in the business of saving souls and maturing Christians and making the world a better place. So it's very simple. In order to achieve those goals, those missions, we are building a digital lab for young folks. And we told you why. To keep them off the street and of course to keep them out of jail. So this facility we are building, it will be a place for them to have fun, have fellowship, and learn and use their mind and their gifting and their talents for the glory of God. So, the church has done very well. We raised a lot of money. And what did we do with it? We used it to purchase the land. We also complete what we call architectural design and engineering design. Now we are in what we call construction stage. And we are trying to raise $4 million. And we invite you to partnership with God. There must be some Paul that do planting, some Apollo that do watering. And guess what God does? He grants increase. What is so good about this church, we are non-profit, tax exempt. That means your giving is tax deductible. See how good God is? So we believe in God that we don't need to drag any longer about this. We want to go forward and start the construction. All minds clear? So we are doing a banquet. We weave this construction project into our 100-year anniversary, you know. So and we do a banquet, and we are asking people to purchase tables. One table is a thousand dollars. That's gold. Then silver is 750, I believe, and bronze is 500. And if you don't have the resources to purchase a table, just buy a ticket for yourself. So we are believing God that all of you will be there. We have rented the whole of Riverfront. Guess how much it costs just to rent that place? $5,000. You know I'm going to tell it all. I don't need no notes. I got all this thing in my head, you know. Amen. So that means we have the whole building. It's much bigger than our gymnasium here. So why do we have the whole building? Because we want the whole place to be filled. 
That is why it's important that you are there. Tell your friends, tell your employer, your co-worker what God is doing. Just yesterday I did a video addressing all of the Cabrini employees. I'm going corporation by corporation. And I've summoned all the rich folks in this community and said, this is what God is doing Zion Hill. This is more than spiritual. It will protect your business. It will protect your business. It will make this community better. And guess what? Everybody is saying, we like what we're hearing. So, but heaven helps those who help themselves. So we're going to continue to do our part in the house. All minds clear? The ushers will come. The choir will sing. Let's just pray about this giving. Amen. Father, I thank you that this house is a house of wealth. I thank you that wealth and riches are in our individual homes also. I thank you that your word is yea and amen. You give us power to get wealth. Father God, we commit ourselves to join with you, to partnership with you, to make this world better, to make central Louisiana a better place for the glory of God. Lord, we thank you for what you have already done for this church. Your hand is all over the place. You who started the good work in us, we are confident that you're able to finish it. Bless everyone that is giving. Increase them more and more. Lord, I pray you give them a testimony that somebody will say, Sister girl, what's your secret? Brother, what are you doing differently? And we can all point out, back to you that God is our source. We receive this anointing to prosper in Jesus' name. And everyone says Amen. God bless you.
Amen. I know I'm anxious to preach, but I love to help my people get blessed. So what a blessing to be in the service of the Lord. To be in the house of the Lord. So the songwriters say, you have come. I have come. All of us have come to do what? To praise him. All right, let's do it. And thank you, choir. Sorry to bother you all, but you're going to be blessed in this church. of God. When you come before him, you enter his gate. How? Is there anybody here not thankful this morning? I know I am. I know I am. <laughs> you enter his court with praise. Be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful. 
Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You know why? For the Lord is good. Do I have a witness in the house? <laughs> I said the Lord is good. Woo! I feel like shouting already. His mercy endureth forever. And that mercy is new every morning. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. I can't help myself. We are grateful to all of you for being in the house of God. Thank you, our dancers, for blessing us this morning. Amen. That's what it's all about. We're going to lift him up. We're going to give him the honor, the, the glory, the praise. He deserves it all. Amen. Thanks to our brother from Florida, uh, Orlando and Nicole. They drove all the way from Florida so that she can dance before the Lord this morning. Isn't that something? That's, that's how much commitment you have in this house. And I thank God for you. I don't take that for granted. Call them, I say, when they came to town, they let me know. I said, do you need anything? Can I buy you some food? Do you all need to be in an hotel? They say, Pastor, we don't need anything. We just come to serve God. That is what it's all about. Amen, somebody. We want to celebrate all of our guests if you're visiting for the first time, please let me see your hand. This is our way of saying thank you. We want to honor you. Any guest in the house. Everybody is homegrown. Well, praise God. And we thank God for our city councilman. Amen. We are grateful, Brother Johnson. Thank you so much for being here. Any other elected officials? Well, don't forget one of our preachers running for police jury, Clarence Reed. Amen. Let's, let's continue to encourage one another and help them. Amen. We need all these people in government to help us. And don't forget August 19th, we have a concert right here in this house. Amen. Our adult choir and our youth choir, all of them will be singing here on the 19th. You don't want to miss them. I've been, you know me, I'm kind of nosy, so I've been sneaking in trying to see what they're up to, you know. I didn't want to be surprised the 19th. So when they're rehearsing, I just, I'm looking through the glass, they can't see me. And I tell you, these brothers and sisters, they are ready. And I'm excited about it. We don't need a dead church. We need a church that is alive unto God. Amen. So mark your calendar on the 19th, 6 p.m. That's when we're going to start. And all of our former members,
people that are out of town, out of state, they're coming in. Amen. Even my own children told me they're coming. I say, okay. So I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity and get some free kisses and hugs. And even somebody taking me out to eat. <laughs> so maybe we should do concert every month. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's all get up. Let's walk around and say hello to one another. Just love on people. Thank them for being in church today. What a fellowship. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. I'm leaning on the everlasting God. What a blessedness. What a peace is mine. I'm leaning on the everlasting Oh, yes, I'm to say thank you to all of you that came to support Brother Brown at his mom's home going. It was good to see so many of you from Zion Hill and thank you for loving um, Brother Brown and Dr. Brown, all of his family. We are also grateful for your prayers for Deacon Willie Jackson and we believe that God is still good. Amen. To God be the glory. Will you please stand with me as we read the word of God this morning? Open your Bible to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse number 8. Glad to see Reverend Greg Tinney in the house. 
Lord just bless him. He always come to me and he asked for prayer for financial blessing. And sure enough, he got a job that doubled his salary. 100% double. Yes. To God be the glory. Serving the Lord pays. The book is Ephesians. The chapter is 2. Verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Very familiar scripture. The Bible says, For by grace are we saved through faith. And that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful, grateful for another day of blessing. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to this place. Glorify yourself in the house. Lord, I pray for the anointing to explain and proclaim your word. I need that. For without you, I can do nothing. Help every soul present here. Help our hearing. Help our understanding. Give us the wisdom to apply the word of God to our lives. For we know if we work it, it will work. Lord, we thank you for another day of blessing. Have your way in this house. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, Grace Beyond Disgrace. Grace that is beyond disgrace. The subject of grace is not strange to all of us. But what is grace? Most of your dictionaries and Google will tell you grace is basically unmerited favor of God. Something that you didn't work for, but God did it for you anyhow. To benefit from the grace of God, ladies and gentlemen, you have to stop trusting your own effort. Too many of us, we are too busy trying to make things happen when God in his grace and mercy just want to do it for you. So stop trusting your own effort. 
Ladies and gentlemen, let me go on record for our education to say there are four kinds of grace. How many? Four. Number one, there is something called saving grace. For the Bible said in the text today, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, it is by faith we are saved. Saving grace through faith. Salvation is not about do, do, do. Salvation is about done, done, done. I can shout on that all day. Ladies and gentlemen, I am saved. You are saved. Not because of your ability. I'm saved today not because of my performance. But by what Jesus did on the cross. Am I right about it? So the miracle, ladies and gentlemen... Is not produced by the recipients of the grace. The miracle is produced by Jesus. You and me as recipients of his grace, we are just beneficiary. There's something we call in theology, finished work of Christ. The choir often describe it and they will say, it's already done. So all you need to do today is to receive it. I am concerned that there are still people in the house who have not received this grace of God. You will be amazed how many people have their name on the roll, but they are not saved. There is a saving grace. He saved us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And all you need to do today is to say, I receive. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not a work, the Bible says, lest any man should boast. It is the free gift of God. The truth be told, ladies and gentlemen, no human being has ability to save himself. It takes the grace of God. You cannot work your way to heaven. You must come through Jesus Christ. You cannot pray enough to earn it. You cannot preach enough to earn it. You cannot sing enough to earn it. You are here not because of what you've done. I'm here not because of my own righteousness. I'm here not because I'm so holy. I'm here not because I'm so righteous. Not because I'm so pure. I'm standing right here by the grace of God. Somebody shout grace. 
It's important that we receive that because there are some of us who don't mind testifying to you this morning that sometimes we get up on the wrong side of the bed. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we're just full of hell. We, we don't mind letting you know. Sometimes we just don't want to talk to nobody. Sometimes some of us, we get up, we just don't want to deal with nobody. In fact, if I'll be brutally honest with you, the truth be told, some of us don't want to live right. Maybe I'm just talking about me this morning. Sometime between hallelujah and thank you, Jesus, we like to curse somebody out. But thank God for grace. Somebody needs to tell the whole truth. I can't speak for you. I can only speak for my own self. I need the grace of God. I need the Lord every day. One songwriter say, I need him every hour. That's the honest truth. I need him to keep me from falling. I need him to keep my mind. I need God to keep my heart right. Because every now and then my mind wants to sleep. I need God to keep my mouth. Oh, yes, I do. I'm talking about the grace of God. That's, that's why if you, don't, if you don't like the noise I make every Sunday, I have a reason to shout. Because I know I, I wasn't always right. So, but the fact that God gave me another chance to shout, I say, hold my mule. <laughs> I got something to shout about. So, if you don't like my noise, just move, go sit down somewhere else. If me waving my hand is getting on your nerves, all you need to do, find you a dead spot in the church. <laughs> oh, glory. I don't know about you, but I came here on purpose to tell God thank you. Thank you for saving my life. I was lost as I could be. But God, through his grace and mercy, saved me. Do I have a, a witness in the house? I came here on purpose to say thank you for setting me free. The songwriters say, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a messed up brother like me. I ain't talking about you now. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but do I have a witness in the house? Somebody shout grace. 
I came here on purpose to give God the praise. To give God the glory. To say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Through many dangers, toys and snares. I don't know about you, but I have already come. It was grace <laughs> that brought me saved thus far. And guess what's going to take me home? This same old grace. Somebody shout grace. Ladies and gentlemen, then we have another kind of grace. We call it justifying grace. The book of Romans chapter 3 verse 24 says, being justified by grace, we have our redemption through Jesus Christ. Notice how we are justified by grace. Ladies and gentlemen, it means that God look at us just as if we've never done wrong. Oh, you miss a good place to shout. That means, <laughs> hallelujah, I'm so glad I have some lawyers in the house. I saw Sister Freeman a few minutes ago dancing. Ladies and gentlemen, justification is as if your record is expunged. Oh, glory. It was the grace of God. The Bible call it justifying grace. Then we have something called teaching grace. In the book of Titus chapter 2 verse 12, the Bible says, The grace of God has appeared unto us. He is now teaching us about right and wrong. What is holy, what is unholy. What is godly, what is ungodly. What is righteous, what is unrighteous. You think you're just figuring this thing out. But it's the grace of God. Amen. Amen. And then there is a fourth kind of grace. I'm having some pastors out there. We call it enabling grace. When you find yourself doing things you've never been able to do, it is God who empowers you. I've never pastored any church in my life. And yet, many people will look at me and say, you're very good at this. How does that happen? Never been to any university to teach me how to pastor anybody. But God will enable you to do things that you could not do for yourself. He will put his super on your natural. Does anybody here knows what I'm talking about? The empowering grace of God. God told Brother Paul, in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 9, 
you know Paul was going through some serious problem. There was a thorn in his flesh. But God told him about this enabling grace. Empowering grace. Some of you, you're going through bereavement now. But God will enable you. People want you to sit there and be feeling sorry for yourself. I was talking to Dickie Jackson the other day. He said, Pastor, thank you for your teachings. Through you, God has prepared me for this. That's enabling grace. Some people, they will go through this. Oh, they will be sick all over the place. People will be crying and trying to jump in the casket. But the Bible says, in all of your getting, get understanding. I was at a home going yesterday with Brother Brown. He, God is my witness. When I called him and I found out his mama is 90 years old, I said, tell me when we're going to have a party. There is a, he's sitting there, you ask him. Many of you, oh, you, oh, your mama, shut up. God will enable you to go through any trial, to go through any trouble, even on your job. People trying to get on your nerves. People trying to set you up for failure. But there is a type of grace that will enable you to weather the storm. Somebody shout grace. I don't know about you. We all need that grace. Then the book of John, chapter 1, verse 17, told you the source of the grace that we are talking about. 1 John, chapter 1, verse 17 says, ladies and gentlemen, the law came through Moses. But grace and truth came from Jesus Christ. This is why it is so critical that you know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. He was so blind. One day he told you and me, without me, you can do nothing. And please permit me to take a, a little side journey. Notice he talks about grace and truth together. Many of us in the church, the problem is that we only want to deal with the truth. Many of you, you are not married today because you're full of truth. But you lack grace. Let me serve notice on all of you women who are married I wish I can tell you your husband will always be right. You know how I know it because you ain't right either. And there is something about you telling your spouse the truth, but you have to tell the truth with grace. Many of you, you turn yourself into a private investigator. And that's how you lose your marriage. 
Because you lack grace. Jesus didn't bring law. Moses. And the law kill it. Notice how many courthouse we have in America. And still we're not, we, we can't get it right. I'm an officer of the court. I know I'm a lawyer. I know what I'm talking about. If you're just looking for people's wrong, oh, I'm going to get it. Oh, I see something on your shirt. Oh, I saw makeup. Ah! You will lose your marriage because you're trying to live under the law. The law, the Bible said the letter, kill it. Got mighty quiet now. <laughs> Somebody needs to teach the word of God. Jesus came not just to tell the truth, but he came with grace. Sometimes when you see your child acting ugly, yes, you need to let that child know what you're doing right. But do it with love. Do it with grace. Let the spirit of grace be upon you. Did you know that when you don't condemn people, when you don't make yourself a judge, do you know every studies in social science people are willing to change for the better? I'm trying to help somebody. Let me give you an example of somebody that needed to be judged and condemned. But the grace of God found him. When you get a chance, read the book of Acts, chapter 9. You find the story of a man. His name is Saul. He went to the high priest, got an official letter. He was a Pharisee. He believed in law, legalism. I got you. Hey, I have the evidence. Oh, I saw some witness. They brought a woman to Jesus. They said, we caught her. We caught her. They brought stones. It's in your Bible. That's why we destroy homes. That's why we destroy ministries. That's why we destroy our community. Now as a nation, we are divided. Everybody looking for what they can get on the other one. How are you going to be that nation? Being hateful, being a player here, just looking for something to pull the other one down. Who among you is without sin? Throw the first stone. And you know what happens to all of them? <laughs> one by one, from the oldest to the youngest, they start to drop their footsteps. And you know what Jesus tells that woman? We are all those Negroes. She said, they're all gone. And said, neither do I condemn thee. You see grace? He say, I don't condemn you. He said, all you need to do is go and try again. 
sin no more. And you will never find any more verse that says they cut that woman again. That's what the power of grace will do in raising your children. I had to get personal. I never one time beat any of my children. And yet, they all are scared of me, very reverent, very respectful. Do you think they never do wrong? But I understand something about the grace of God. I never condemn any member of my church. Do you think I don't have a feeling? Do you think I don't know what is going on? But there is something about the grace of God. There is something about the mercy of God. His mercy woke me up this morning. Brother Saul, he was so legalistic. He got official paper from the government to chase down every Christian. Chase them all the way to Damascus. Am I still in the book? And ladies and gentlemen, one day he was going on Damascus Road. And the grace of God found him. God had an encounter with him. The question this morning, have you had an encounter with God? I know your name is on the road. I know you are the chairperson of the willing to do committee. I know every frog jumping contest in the church, you are there on the front row. But have you had an encounter with Almighty God? You need the grace of God in your life. Just doing the work of the ministry will not get you into heaven. You know what happens to him? God knock him off his mule. I come here to serve notice of somebody. The grace of God does not make God a wimp. If God is trying everything he can to draw you into himself and you keep acting a fool, you keep messing up, you keep on doing the wrong thing. God has the ability to knock you of your meal. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever experienced when God knocked you off of your own meal? I wish I can take you out and testify. I'm a living witness. That's why the Bible say, whom he loved. You're not going to abuse the grace of God and just ignore God all your life. Today I prophesy to somebody, your 
enemy is about to be knocked off their meal. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Today I can think about so many times in my own life. And so many things in my life that God had to knock off to get me on track. Ladies and gentlemen, is there anybody here today beside me that God has to knock off some things in your life? Amen. Sometimes on your job, God has to knock off some people. I've been there. Even in ministry. People that are always in the way. And God will knock them off their meal. And you'll find yourself still standing. It's getting really deep now. Even in business. Here you are, trying to make it, doing your best in the service of the Lord. And there's always somebody, some player haters. But God has the ability to knock off every demon trying to harass you, trying to harass your children, trying to mess with you. They're trying to come to get you. But God knocked them off. Some of you, you're here this morning praising God. Not for new cars. Maybe I'm just talking about my own self. When I say choir, sing it again. Some of us are here today. We're not trying to praise God. If I, if I have to get another car, I don't have space for it. That's, that's how blessed I am. Every now and then I don't find the keys to one car. Give me another one. I'm not here praising God for a new home. I've got many homes. I'm not here praising God for a new job. I've got enough job I can't keep up with it. But oh, I praise God for the grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God. The grace of God. He looked beyond my fault. He saw my knee when I almost trapped my own self. But God come in and pick me up. I'm talking about the grace of God. Went after you on your job, but God knocked them off their meal. They went after you, trying to mess up your peace of mind, but God knocked them off their meals. They went after you, trying to get you off your peace, trying to get you off your sanity, but the Lord knocked them off all day. All night, God's angels are watching over you. The grace of God working on your behalf. Today, I still praise God for how many times he knocked off my enemies. 
One time he told the Israelites, he said, stand still. That's right, Reverend. He said, watch the salvation of the Lord. The enemy that you see today. That's right, Reverend. He said, you won't see them no more. You don't have to fight this battle. This battle is not yours. It's the Lord. When you don't have to do it, and God did it for you, we call that the grace of God. Ladies and gentlemen, when Saul was knocked up, he asked a question. Who are you, Lord? And the Lord Jesus told him, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. Please permit me to say this before I let you go. Paul never did anything to Jesus Christ. Paul never met Jesus. Talk less of doing anything. He only attacked people who followed Jesus. And I want somebody to know Jesus take it personal when you mess with any of his children. Are you still here this morning? He said, vengeance is mine. Thus says the Lord. I serve notice on every one of you husbands when you mistreat your wife. God is coming after you. Yeah, after your behind. I was, I was going to say something else. When you mess with God's children, God told Pharaoh, you mess with my firstborn. He said, Israel is my firstborn. You mess with my firstborn, I will kill all your firstborn. And he sure did. Look at somebody next to you and say, don't mess with me. Oh, I wish I could testify. Everyone that tried to mess with me as a child of God, they never survived. Not one of them. Jesus said, I am Jesus, whom you persecuted. They say, now, you're, you're going to be blind. You can't see. By the way, the way he knocked him up, he shined a light. So bright that blinded him. One of the lessons I picked up is that you, you need to recognize your God is a light. Stop working in darkness. The reason why the work of your hand is not blessed, you are too busy doing things under the table, working in the darkness. And then you wonder why you're not blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, for the sake of time, see, he went, God sent somebody 
a preacher, Ananias, go and meet Saul. He said, pray for him so that his eyes will be open again. I have a lot of work for him to do. He is being chosen. By the way, I can stop there and preach. You church folks don't get a chance to pick who God's going to choose. Many churches are in trouble today. Because you're trying to decide what's going to happen. Who are you? Where were you when he made heaven and earth? Ananias, he said, wait, wait a minute, Lord. Do you know his record? Do you know where he's been? I was privileged to go to your church, and I preached my heart out, and everybody calling me, do you know this man? You don't get to pick who God going to choose. I'm trying to help somebody. The Lord sent Ananias, lay hand on him, and instantly he received his sight. I'm rushing now because there's so many deep revelation this day. Then he went straight to the church and preached the gospel. Never been to any seminary. Instant anointing. The Bible says instantly he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And now the church folks. Rolling their eyes. Coming after him. I don't know. You know, the problem with church folks, they never forget your past. And that's why they stay broke. <laughs> Here you are. You try to move on. God them cleans up. They don't know something about justifying grace. And when God forgives you, he forget about you. Many of you, you can't even fall in love again. Because you are consumed by what your spouse did in 1902. Wake up and smell the coffee. Somebody else is dying to get what you call trash. Just divine grace of God. God will look beyond all your Oh, I wish I could help your understanding. You know, when Judas died, Judas committed suicide. There were 12 of them. They were all like you. They all got together. We're going to vote today. That's sure that's what they did. Ah, can I have a motion? Motion your... Do I have a second? Is there a question? 
proper rule of order. What page in the Bible did you see that? You see what's wrong with the church? And now, they didn't fold this brother in, Mr. Matthias. Did you know you never heard one thing about him throughout the Bible? He never healed anybody. He never accomplished anything. You know, because he was chosen by fold. The kingdom of God is no democracy. It's theocracy. God rules. Not your opinion. Not your ideas. Not your fault. And here comes somebody, a crackhead, a professional crook. Somebody who was there when they killed Stephen. Somebody who made a career chasing Christians. But God said he's chosen. <laughs> Be careful how you handle God's children. Be careful how you look down on people. Be careful with your religiosity. It will rob you of your blessing. They had the wrong person in position until God stepped in. Yes, Judas died, but God replaced Judas with Apostle Paul. Oh, they say some of the conditions. You know how we do election. We say, you got to live in this parish, or you got to have a home here, or you got to do, where's your post office box? One of the rules they said, ladies and gentlemen, is that the person who's going to be an apostle, who's going to be number 12, must be there, must have witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They will come up with rules to eliminate people from participation. I've seen in the workplace. The Lord used me a lot. We have work over there. I said, let me tell you what that says the Lord. Now they drop their head now. Here we go again, the preacher. I say, except the Lord build your house. Every one of you, you're laboring in vain. I don't care where you all get your PhDs. Let me tell you how to be blessed. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, Paul never saw Jesus rose up from the dead. But Jesus appeared to him himself. You see? You want to see me resurrected? Here's me in person, one on one. You qualify. Things, people that you will reject because of your rules and regulations. And God has chosen them. The grace of God will choose you even when your record is no good. I gotta stop. Because I met with my leaders yesterday. I said, No, we're gonna be on time for now. Everybody stand to your feet. I wanna pray.
Amen. Somebody may be here today and say, Pastor, my child needs saving grace. Pastor, even me, I need justifying grace. I wasn't always right, but God gave me another chance. This is your opportunity to say thank you. Somebody may be here today and say, Lord, I need your teaching grace. I've made so many wrong choices. I've made so many mistakes. But Lord, I need a fresh beginning. Teach me how to walk. Teach me how to talk. Teach me how to live. Teach me to make the right decision for my life, for my children, for my career. Teaching grace. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I need the enabling grace of God. I want him to enable me. Empower me. I don't have it all. I need God's enablement. That's me. I need his teaching grace in my life. I need his justifying grace in my life. I need his saving grace. I need every grace I can find. assure you what you see here I don't know nothing with what I'm doing I don't mean to make myself look bad I am not trained to be nobody's pastor and certainly not black people but God but God God will give you another chance
brothers, my sisters. Somebody is here today seeking the saving grace of God. Let's all stop playing church. Let's get real with God. I'm amazed how we are missing a spirit of conviction. Now people would rather come to the pastor's office to take picture with me instead of being convicted of the Holy Ghost. Nowadays people will come to the altar trying to do FaceTime, Facebook Live. So that people can see how many people are in the altar with you. No conviction. No conversion. We are playing games with God. But I'm so glad you come to say, Lord, give me another chance. The grace of God gave Saul another chance. He ended up writing almost two-thirds of the whole New Testament. Somebody is here today. God wants to do a fresh start. On your job, God wants to give you enabling grace. That when you open your mouth, the wisdom of God will come out. Many of my job will say, where did you learn these things? And I'm always going to remind them, I come from a village. I have no formal education on this thing. But there is something about wisdom of God. Where others are struggling, he'll give you the grace to excel, grace to do well on your job, grace to do well in your business, grace to prosper in your, in your career, enabling grace. There's somebody here today need teaching grace. I cannot minister to you unless I let the Holy Spirit teach me. And somebody here saying, Lord, I need justifying grace. I wasn't always right, but you know me. I share with this congregation one time, I say, if I tell you my real story, can you stand my testimony? But Lord, you look beyond my fault and so my need. Thank you! I can't thank you enough. Lift your hands towards heaven. Father, I thank you for every hand that is lifted up. I thank you for every soul standing before this altar. I thank you that the word of God is real. The word of God is God's opinion. 
is not subject to election. Nobody fought you in. Nobody can fought you out, God. You are God all by yourself. Thank you for forgiveness of sins. Thank you for our health and strength. Thank you for making a way out of no way. Lord, I pray for a new beginning this morning. From the pulpit to the pews. Even me, Lord. Do a new thing in my life. Do a new thing in the life of these people. Do a new thing in this church. Do a new thing in this community. Lord, I pray for a fresh anointing in our homes, a fresh anointing on our job, a fresh anointing in our business, a fresh anointing in our community. We are tired of just having good old time religion. Lord, show yourself strong in the midst of your people. Lord, I thank you for forgiveness of sin. I thank you for a new dawn. I thank you for a fresh anointing. I thank you, oh God, that we are more than called, we are chosen. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. And we give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. amen. It's a time of rejoicing. Shout amen. amen. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Give God the glory. Shout amen. amen. I want to thank all of you today for being in church to study the word of God with me. Let's continue to do our best to live for Christ. Christianity is not by might. True grace is when you don't depend on your own effort. You allow God to lead you. You allow God to bless you. You allow God to wash you and do something new in your life. If somebody is here today and you're looking for a church home, you want to be a part of what God is doing here at Zion Hill. One thing I can assure you the word of God will go forth. There is praise in this house. This is the blunt truth. True praise, true worship in this house. And this is a place where you can use your gifting, your talents for the glory of God. A ministry that is welcoming to everybody. Don't matter what the legalism say. Oh, you're a woman, you can pray. Oh, you're past. No, we don't do all that foolishness here. He that the Son of God set free is free indeed. So after the benediction, I invite you to meet my wife and I. We will welcome you and we will celebrate you and empower you to function. Amen. All minds clear. clear. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, I pray that it will give you grace 
in every area of your life. Mercy is a form of grace. Favor is a form of grace. Healing is a form of grace. Whatever you need, I pray that God will make it happen for you. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. New members, come forward. New believers, come forward.